the new Seattle sports show from the world of sports network.com all Seattle sports all the time my name is Lester and I'm going to be your host but we got a whole team of people working behind the scenes here because here's the deal we're all a bunch of east coast guys who live here now but we're all passionate sports fans I'm Philly Marcuse New York Gurus DC but we live here now and so we're following the Seattle scene and we see the same passion that we're used to on the east coast in the Seattle sports We see you causing earthquakes at Seahawks games. We see you chanting in the rain for the Sounders. And we see you selling out rugby games down in Tukwila. So we get it. We share that passion. And we're in. We're in on the Seahawks. We're in on the Mariners, the Storm, the Sounders, the Seawolves, the Rain, whatever they want to call the new hockey team. Go grunge. But that's not it. We're here on the Huskies, the Cougs, the Red Hawks, the Eagles, the Bulldogs, the Thunderbirds, the Defiance, the Rainiers, all of it. So here's the deal. You can count on us to be homers. We're going to cover the teams, we're going to analyze the decisions, and we're going to second-guess everybody. But you can count on us rooting for Seattle every time. Unless they're playing the Phillies, of course. So that's it. All your Seattle sports, all in one spot. If it happens in Seattle sports, it comes out in the wash. All right, so we got a great show for you this week. Big show. We're going to talk about the big UW Wazoo Apple Cup basketball game. We got some Mariners to talk about. We got some Sounders to talk about. We got uh, we got some Sea Wolves to talk about. All kinds of stuff. We got your college wrap up as well. But before we get started, I got to get a little something off my chest here. I got into it on Twitter, and if you're looking for me on Twitter, I'm at more or lessdro on Twitter every day. But I got into it this week because I saw that the Disney Sports Channel posted a thing about Russell Westbrook passing Gary Payton for the all-time Thunder Sonics franchise points leader. And I got to tell you, that bothers me a little. It bothers me because Russell Westbrook, though he was drafted by the Sonics, never played for Seattle. And I know that Clay Bennett stole and moved the team to Oklahoma City, but this is not the same team. They're not down there honoring Gary Payton and his 18,000 points. No, they don't care. They care about what Durant did there, and they care about Westbrook doing it now. They don't care about the Sonics. They care about the Thunder. It's not the same team. And I know this because I've read the agreement when they moved the team. When the team moved to Oklahoma City, Seattle got to keep the banners, the trophies, the colors, the name, all of it. You're never going to see the Thunder down there wearing green and gold. Just like you're never going to see them honor Gary Payton. Just like you're never going to see Seattle honor Russell Westbrook. When Seattle gets a new team, and we will, we get the Sonics back. And at that time, the all-time scoring leader will be Gary Payton. And Russell Westbrook will be the all-time points leader for the Thunder, not the Sonics. These are different franchises. Let's just split it and move on. Let's cut our losses and go from there. That said, just a quick tip. Let's remember, until the team comes back to Seattle, if you're buying Sonics gear, we're putting money in Clay Bennett's pocket. And as much as I would love to go out there and get myself some Sonics gear, I'm not putting any money in that bastard's pocket. 
He's got plenty down there in, in, in Oklahoma City, so screw that. But when the team comes back and it's all Seattle, we're all in. You can count on that. All right, let's move over to our top stories for tonight. Our top story for, uh, for this one here, uh, for the show this week, is going to be the UW win in the Apple Cup this past weekend over Wazoo. It was a tight one, 72-70. Now, this game was closer than it really should have been because UW is the better team. That said, rivalries, anything can happen. Shoot, this week we saw Duke get upset by UNC in the same sort of rivalry game. This one was tight all the way through. Uh, Wazoo actually had the lead in the uh, in the the first half after the first half, but UW came back. They won it on a missed layup. Uh, Noah Dickerson, the senior, tipped in a missed layup from Jalen Noel with 25 seconds left to give the Huskies the win. He had uh, Dickerson had 18 points, grabbed 10 rebounds for for Washington. Uh, Noel added 20 points on his own. Uh, Marvin Cannon scored 25 with eight rebounds for Washington State, and uh, and Robo Franks, the senior who is leading the Pac-12 in scoring, uh, dropped in 16 points for the Cougs uh, during the game. But the big finish here is that UW gets the win and continues uh, their hot streak. Now they dropped the game in the Pac-12 conference as we head towards the tournaments. Uh, dropped that last week in in Arizona. We talked about that last week. But getting back on track to go forward, looking to make the, the run into the, uh, the Pac-12 tournament and make the run into the NCAA tournament. Big win over Wazoo. They are now 20-5 and on the season, 11-1 and in the Pac-12. They got a couple of games coming up this week. They are home against Utah, uh, and they are home against Colorado. Now, Utah is 14-11, and 8-12 in the conference. Colorado is 16-9 overall, 7-6 and in the conference. These are not going to be easy games, uh, so if you have the opportunity, get yourself out to Heck Ed and watch them. They're going to be uh, going to be fun games. Pac-12 always rivalries. Utah and Colorado. Uh, actually, Utah was uh, this week. They beat Utah this week, uh, I believe, on, on on Wednesday night. So that we have the uh, the game coming up is against Colorado. Another win for for the Huskies going forward. Looks right now, all the uh, indications indicate going into the tournament as they sit just outside the uh, top twenty-five. Looks like they're probably going to be a 7 or 8 seed going into the tournament, and that is a tough spot to be in when you get into the brackets because those games can really go either way. But I like the Huskies' chances. I, th- I think everybody's sleeping on the Pac-12 because it's down this year. Everybody's sleeping on the Huskies. Keep your eye on them. I'll put them forward in my bracket just a little bit. I see them, uh, I see them, if not going all the way, making a little noise in the big dance this year. All right, changing gears here, I want to talk a little bit about the Mariners. Because I'm a big baseball fan, and life begins again this week in Peoria. Now, assuming the rains hold out, the Mariners are going to get their uh, spring training underway. Should be Wednesday, should be Thursday, somewhere in that range. They have games against the A's scheduled uh, for Thursday and Friday. They have uh, games against the uh, the San Diego Padres and Manny Machado, the big offseason signing so far for the Padres, uh, coming up against the weekend. Things to watch here is uh, Marco Gonzalez is going to be taking the mound for the first game for the for the Mariners, and he is a great season last year. He's one of the the names to watch this year on the Mariners. We talked last week about how the Mariners might be processing and, and going going for it five years from now instead of this year, and that this year's team might be rough. It doesn't mean there's not going to be some guys to watch. And I got to tell you, 
Gonzalez is one of those guys to watch. He's a lefty. Last year finished out the year at a, at 13-9 and nine with a, a 4.0 ERA in, in 29 starts. He's looking to improve on that uh, in the 2019 campaign, obviously. And the question for Gonzalez that we got to watch for the whole season is can he stay healthy? Because this is a guy that spent part of the last five seasons on the DL. So that's going to be the big key. Can the staff keep him going all season long? We'll get our start. See how he looks uh, in these opening games against the A's. And don't worry if the rains, that I've heard that if the rains wash out the game, he's still going to get the pitches in so he can stay on schedule. The game after that, the second game of, of spring training against the A's, we get to see another player to watch this year. New, uh, new Mariner acquired from the Yankees in, in the big deal there is uh, for, uh, for the Big Maple uh, is Justice Sheffield. Now, Justice Sheffield's a hard-throwing kid from uh, from the Yanks. He's a power pitcher, but he's got some command issues. Bounced around from the Yankees in Cleveland uh, to find his way to Seattle. They expect him to pencil into the rotation at some point this year. We're not sure when. Should get a good look at him and see how he's doing. But spring training is the time to get a look at everybody. And I, I love spring training in baseball because every team is in it, man. Every team has a shot in spring training, even the Mariners. We get to see what they can put together and what they can do. I got a couple other things we need to be watching on this team this year. First, I would say is Kyle Seager. Kyle Seager had a down year last year. Started off slow, had that toe injury that took him out. But I'll tell you what, all the reports out of Peoria are is he's slimmed down and he is ready to hit again. That'll be nice because last year turned out being the worst of his career at a batting average of 221. We get his bat up around his average, he's going to make some noise again, and that'll be a helpful bat in the lineup for the Mariners. Uh, and of course, the name to watch, the name that everybody will be watching in Mariners camp this year is Yusei Kikuchi, the big signing from Japan for the Mariners this year. Four years, $56 million, 27-year-old lefty, got a 98-mile-an-hour fastball, uh, just an incredible power pitcher, but not only that, has a repertoire uh, of like, he's got a slider, he's got a curveball, he's got a change. I wouldn't be surprised if he throws an Ephus pitch at some time this year just to throw people off. Looks like the real deal. I've been watching the uh, the Mariners' Twitter feed. I've been watching uh, the what they're putting out about him. I'll tell you what. He's got movement on that ball, and he's throwing the heat. He could be a fun one to watch uh, on the Mariners' season this year, too. And while we're talking about Kikuchi, I think the other guy to watch, really more of the heartstrings than anything, is Ichiro Suzuki. The GOAT. The greatest baseball player of all time, in my opinion. Ichiro Suzuki. Uh, with the team to start the year, they expect him to be down with the Rainier, signed a minor league contract. He's heading with the team to Japan to play in their opening, uh, which is ridiculous that they've got to fly to Japan to play two games in Japan in, in March against the A's. Ichiro's going over there to play in front of the home crowd uh, again at the Tokyo Dome. I'm hoping he makes the team. He's the kind of veteran presence that this lineup could really use. I, I love Ichiro. I know he's not the sort of leader that you would want on the team uh, in that he's not going to rally your clubhouse. He's not really that guy, but he'll lead by example because at his age, I think he's 45, he is still ripped. He looks great, and his swing is everything it ever was. So I uh, have high hopes that we get to see Ichiro patrolling the outfield down there at, at T-Mobile Park, the new, newly renamed T-Mobile Park. All right, so we got uh, Mariners 
spring training going on right now down in Peoria. They open their season in Japan, as I said, on March 20th and March 21st against the Oakland A's. Should be good games. And then they fly back for their home opener on March 28th uh, with a four-game opening series against the Boston Red Sox, the world champion Boston Red Sox. Not going to be an easy start to the season, Mariners fans. But, as we said before, this is team building. Get on the bandwagon now. Plenty of seats. I'll be there opening day. You should too. It's uh, going to be going to be a good time. Hey, speaking of preseason, the other preseason that's going on right now is the Sounders. Sounders FC getting ready to uh, to come back from a slightly disappointing 2018 cam- campaign. Looking to start 2019 stronger. Unfortunately, has not been the best preseason for the Sounders. They are 0-4 after dropping a friendly to, uh, to Nacional on, on Wednesday. That leaves them at 0-4 on the preseason, but they start the first two weeks of the season at home on, uh, on March 2nd and March 9th, and they open against FC Cincinnati. This is FC Cincinnati's first game ever. Uh, they're a brand-new club, an expansion team in MLS, coming to Seattle for their first game. Should be an experience for that club and should be a win for the Sounders to at least get going the right way. This is the uh, the first full season for uh, Rudiaz, I believe it's said, as a Sounder. Uh, was a scoring tear last year, had 13 goals in 16 matches. Hopefully he can keep up that pace and uh, and we can expect big things from the Sounders this year. If nothing else, let's get the season started early with a win against FC Cincinnati on 3-2 and, uh, and a win against the Colorado Rapids the following week, 3-9. All right, so now let's switch gears for a second and talk about one of our other top stories of the week, and that is the Seawolves. The Major League Rugby 2018 champion, Seattle Seawolves. Now, this team really is making waves in the area and throughout the league as they have sold out every single home game they've played. They've sold out all of last season, and they sold out their first two games this year, including this past weekend, where our man Marku was on the scene at the game. So, Marku... Welcome back to the Wash. It's good to see you again. Great to be back. Thank you, Lester. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. So you were at this game this past weekend, and I understand the Seawolves picked up a win. Yeah, it was a really exciting game. Uh, great environment once again. And like you mentioned, another sellout. C- keeps up that sellout streak at, the, at home, so that's fun. But just a great game overall and really big win for for the Seawolves after losing the last two games on the road. It's a 35-30 win over the Toronto Arrows. Yeah. They had, now they opened the season with a win against Glendale, which mm. uh, they beat for the championship last year. Went on the road for two games, dropped two games, come back home, get a little bit of that home cooking, a little bit of that incredibly loud yeah. Seattle crowd, which is at Starfire, incredibly loud, just like everywhere else. Pick up a win. How was the game? Game was great. So, like you said, they played the Toronto Arrows. Their first, uh, it's, a, it's the Toronto Arrows' first season in the mm. MLR. They, their expansion team from Toronto, the only uh, Canadian professional team that's in the MLR right now. A great game. Uh, before I jump into the game, let me give you a quick spiel about rugby and a little bit of the rules. Right, because this is a, a new sport right, for all of us. Right, a lot so of Americans don't know a lot about the rugby rules, so I just want to make sure you guys got a little little knob background knowledge for that. So, rugby has two halves. Uh, two. It's an 80-minute game in total, two 40-minute halves. Uh, they have two different ways to score, and then one's sort of like a touchdown where if you convert 
uh, on, on the whole entire play. It's seven points. It, what they have is a five-point try, and then you convert a two-point extra kick. And then there's another way to score, which is a three-point three points on a kick, and that's a penalty kick. Um, there, there are obviously no forward passes in rugby. Uh, well, so a little bit like football when yeah. it's played, except there are no forward passes. So the ball right. is always lateral back to somebody else who's open, who tries to run forward. If they can't get through, they lateral it back. If they're stopped. Exactly. If they're stopped, they, what they do is they drop down on the tackle and they pass it back. They feed it back to one of their teammates. Um, if they can't feed it back to them or they fumble it, then there's a turnover and possession switches over. So it's a really exciting game. I definitely recommend going down to Starfire and checking out. If the you can get scene. tickets. Yeah. If you get tickets, it's always a sell sold out game. Every time I see the sellout notification on Twitter, I jump at the one of the first individual tickets that are out on on out there. But they do have standing room tickets always available. They have so far and those are twenty bucks, uh thirty dollars day of game. So definitely get them ahead of time. But yeah, man, that game last week was crazy. It was it was a fun fun game. First half was wild. Yeah, um, they fell behind in the first half, right? This was a comeback for the so, Wolves. So the first half was was frustrating because because uh, was Toronto kept on scoring and we had to play catch up the whole time. And mm-hmm. we ended the first half 17-17, but we never had the lead. So every time they scored, we always evened it up. So that that was you know good to see the bounce back, but it was frustrating not to get the lead. Um, second half, they jumped out to a 13-0 run and took took a 30 to 17 lead. That was, you know, no one in the, in the building panicked, though, man. It was loud, loud as it could be. No one walked out. Uh, it, it was great to see that, that kind of environment. But they, they needed a good comeback. They got back-to-back tries, which was great. Missed the, missed the kick on the second try, so they were, they were still behind. But they got back-to-back kicks and took, a, took the lead and, and shut them out after they went 13-0 to start the second half. So that, that was great to see from the defense. Um, defense really needed that because the week before they gave up 41 points to uh, New Orleans. To New right? Orleans, yeah, and they're they're a great team uh, who, who recently lost to uh, New Orleans lost to the New York rugby team that that we're playing this weekend. So that's going to be fun fun to be part of and see how that all clashes out. So uh, this week uh, they the Seattle SeaWolves actually earned the MLR Team of the Week yeah. designation for their well for their deserved. win over the Arrows and their their comeback win over the Arrows. Now they got another match coming up. This is another home game, yep. right? So it's another home game, and like I mentioned, uh, they're playing uh, RUNY. RUNY Rugby United uh, New York. They're, they're a new team as well. They're also an expansion team, so it's gonna be another home game against another expansion team. So hopefully we can keep the momentum going, get get above five hundred on the season. Uh, last year we only lost two games all season, and that was to Glendale. Uh, who, both of them who, to who Glendale. Went, both of them to Glendale, who went undefeated. And Glendale's having a tough start to the season this year. So it's, it's just interesting how, how the MLR is playing out and how it's all shaken up. The level of competition is getting better. So it's, it's fun to see uh, rugby become such a big thing in Seattle. And once again, get on the bandwagon here on this one. Marcuse, uh, you can follow him at Seattle's Sports. That's Seattle S Sports on Twitter. He was actually down at the game, uh, live tweeting from it, uh, doing some recaps. I assume he'll be doing the same thing at, uh, at this I'll game this weekend. Yeah, I'll be back this Sunday uh, covering that game. Hopefully it'll be great weather like we had last week and another sellout. If nothing else, follow Marku. You can get some of the excitement on uh, on the Twitter and see what it's what's going on. I, I got to get down to one of these games myself, Marku. I haven't been uh, I haven't been to one of them yet. They're fun man, looks like a good time. All right, so listen. While we have you here, you're not only our our rugby guy, yes. Marku. Actually, is uh, our one of our uh, our college basketball uh, uh, aficionados here at the Wash. Does a, uh, spends a lot of time following the Washington teams on uh, on uh, the college basketball. So let's do a little college roundup. I want to start with the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Okay. Uh, they seem to be taking care of business uh, again. Things going well for them. Uh, two more wins this week, right? Yeah, and Duke lost tonight against UNC. So That's what I want to talk about. Now, Duke 
losing to UNC frees up that first spot again. Now, yeah. we know Gonzaga's already beat him once this year. Yep. Is this Gonzaga's opportunity to claim the top spot? I, th- I think Gonzaga gets the number one spot this upcoming week. Um, but, you know, like you, like you said earlier, they're taking care of business in, the, in their conference. And that's, that's also a little bit scary because... They, you know, they tend to get complacent with the level of competition that they're going against right now. Right. Uh, you know, Duke beat a really lost against a really good UNC team. That's exactly it. Duke's yeah. playing UNC. We got Gonzaga playing the University of San Diego. It's right. not right. Not really the same caliber. Right. And it's they say that that strength of schedule actually is one of the things that uh, is hurting Gonzaga, sort of in the national picture going for going forward into the tournament. Vegas odds have them at fifth to win. Does that sound right to you? It sounds right because. They have a great veteran squad, and and their non-conference schedule is very strong. They 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 won the Maui Invitational. They make sure that their non-conference schedule is strong because they do understand that they get the pressure of of their conference and how how weak it is. But you know, this last week they they needed a a good second half push to beat the University of San Diego. So it's not it's not like they're ta- playing terrible level competition. But yeah, when you're when you're got the East Coast bias out there and they're playing all those East Coast teams in University of Buffalo's and top 25 and UW, UW's not, you know, just kind of. Yeah, that seems it's, ridiculous it's like, to me. It's, it's, a, it's a combination of a lot of things. So uh, so the, that's the Gonzaga men's team still rolling on. Should be the number one team in the country by the time you hear this podcast. Yeah. Uh, and so that is that is great to see. The Bulldogs back on top. How are the Lady Bulldogs doing? Ladies, ladies uh, slipped last week. Uh, they lost again. Second, They got swept by BYU this season. Lost again by two this past week at home this time in front of a sellout. So really tough uh, for, for the Lady uh, Zags. To go down that way, but they're still having a strong season. They're 15 in the country still, so they're, so they're should hoping make to, the tournament. They should so definitely should make the still tournament. Still make a run. Yeah, definitely make a good run. It's just frustrating to lose to to the Cougars like that, especially when you wanted to get that revenge after losing by two last time. But uh, you know they're still a good team, so hopefully they they make a good run in the tournament. Now, you have been talking for weeks about the Eastern Washington Eagles as well. You're real high on this team, Marku. Tell me. Tell me how they did this week, and and if you're still if you're still all on board for the Eagles, I'm still very high on the Eagles because because of what what they've been doing with their their conference lately. So they started the season terribly. They they won maybe like two games before before they played their conference, but now they're on a bit of a tear. They're eight and six in their top, their conference. They won their last two games. Uh, this past week, they had an overtime win against Northern Colorado. Then they had a big 25-point blowout. Point, yeah, blowout win against uh, Idaho. Then at, at home, so that that was good to see. So the reason why I'm hot, I'm, I, I, I like this team a lot, is because you know they have experience. Of, uh, they were in the Big Sky Championship last year. They they lost to Montana, but they do have that type of experience of you know tournament play. So you know, and they had a really they played a really tough non-conference schedule. They played Seattle U. Uh, University of Washington, Wazoo, all these schools that you know that that you know they they weren't expected to beat. So so that 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 gives them some some credit. You got to give them credit for that because when they rolled into their conference schedule, it was just kind of you know taking taking on their level of competition. And they win the conference. They're in the dance, right? Yep, yep. They win their Big Sky. That's the only way they're going to get in. It's the only they gotta, way they get they in. They got to win the Big Sky. Any team in the Big Sky has got to win their conference. Obviously, Montana is leading the, their conference right now. They only have two conference losses, but. You know, you never, you never know what happens. Exactly. Anything can happen you get in the hot, hot at the right time. That's, That's right. right. Eagles heating up at the right time. So, uh, so watch out. Eastern Washington Eagles are going to make a run for this. Uh, we could see them dancing in, uh, Hope in so. March as well. That'd be fun. All right. So you mentioned Seattle University. This has been a tough season uh, right. for, our, for our, our, our Red Hawk fans. So I just wanted to quickly bring up Seattle U because uh, Coach Jim Hayford put up a, a nice 
tweet the other, this past week showing that everyone's back in practice. Like, there's been a lot of the injury bugs hit them pretty hard this year, which is why they've really fallen apart in conference play. But they, they you know, they get healthy at the right time. Um, every team makes their, their uh, conference tournament, so you, they just got to get spark at the right time. You, you never know. So get out there uh, and uh, and follow that Seattle U team as well. The yep. uh, the fans in this town can push them, be the ones to push them over the edge. Yeah, the women's team, unfortunately, they are they they lost rough both their games season. last year. They're one in twenty one this season. Just not just, not fun. Just a rough yeah. season all the way around for the women's team. There. All right, let's switch let's switch gears again and uh, and move away from basketball because it's obviously not the only uh, the only college sport, and we want to make sure we 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 cover everybody i want to talk a little bit about uh ncaa baseball of course i want to talk about baseball uh it is uh finally underway uh uh, so tell me a little bit about how u-dub has has done so far this year all right so yeah the opening series this past week um u-dub went one and two against uc irvine uh and wazoo just got swept against the St. Mary's so it went 0-4 to start the season yeah start the season so but you know played a, a top 25 team so you know that that was a good good way for them to play a tough team to start the season UW went to the to Omaha last year so they're 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 expecting to work off that momentum and and continue to you know build the program but tough tough start for them I guess against the UC this tonight they played uh, Northern Colorado and they put up twenty six runs. Uh, that's uh, they haven't put up that many runs. Twenty six yeah. runs. They haven't put up that many runs since two thousand three. I'll be honest with you, I saw that score. I didn't realize it was baseball. Yeah, exactly. So it was. I, I think I got it right here. Uh, yeah, it was twenty. Yeah, what is it? Twenty five to eight. Twenty five to yeah, eight against Northern Colorado. And they they they're playing a series against them right now. So well, at great least way uh, to open it up. at least Northern Colorado got the two point conversion. Yeah, I guess yeah. is what we can say. There on we that go. One. All right, let's uh now let's uh now I want to actually look way far ahead mm-hmm. because uh, with the recruiting classes in, we can actually start to talk about NCAA football a little bit. Now I know it's way too early, but it looks like both Wazoo and the Cougs are going to make some waves next year. Yeah, so they both got great. You know, foundation from last year. Wazoo is ranked um, early, way too early. Rankings have them at twelve, and then University of Washington's at seventeen. And UW's got a great prospect yeah, class. UW has the top ten recruiting class. Um, the only thing that that has them questionable is they lost their starting defense last year, and they lost two seniors. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're running back Gasket, and they lost Jake Browning. And Jake obviously. Browning, quarterback, yeah. obviously. So they got to replace them, which is going to be tough. They they got. Um, they they have a transfer. Uh, they 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 have they have a transfer coming to town for a year. The the guy from Georgia. So that that hopefully that will that turn the offense around because they really struggled on offense last mm-hmm. year. Yeah, you can see that even in that championship game was all defense. Yeah, the defense yep. carried them all the way through the season last yeah. year. Yeah, and then Wazoo, they're just you know hoping to keep that strong run. They re, they signed Mike Leach to extension, so they're hoping to keep that consistency going. They got uh you know they got a transfer from Eastern Washington actually. He was um, a two time finalist for the offensive player of the year um, in the FCS. So he's gonna he's a quarterback, right? Yeah, he's a quarterback, yeah. and he's gonna be replacing Gardner Minshew, who was also a transfer, but he was from Eastern Carolina. So hopefully they they get that luck going with that that transfer. Get that going as well. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Marku, thank you so much for uh, for checking in with us and keeping us uh, up to date on on all Thanks the college sports. Me, My pleasure, man. You can catch Marku on Twitter at Seattle's Sports. That's Seattle S Sports. Watch for him at the Sea Wolves game on Sunday down there at Star- Starfire. Uh, Marku, thanks a lot, man. All we'll right, see you man. next Have week. Have a good one. Hey, before we bring Guru in to talk a little bit about the Seahawks, because we know we got to talk a little bit about the Seahawks every week in this town. 
Let's just take a moment and let you know that you can find The Wash at the World of Sports Network YouTube page. Make sure you head over there and subscribe to the World of Sports Network YouTube page. You can find all the great content from The Wash to the Trash Talk Radio, which is the show, the other show Guru and I do, uh, to, uh, to Bets with Ben. All kinds of good stuff over there. And while you're clicking around, find your way to wozenshop.com. That's W-O-S-N shop.com and get yourself some of the great merchandise down there. Look for The Wash everywhere podcasts can be found as well. If you want to listen to this, we got you on uh, on the Google, we got you on the Apple, and we got on Spotify. So make sure you uh, you find The Wash podcast everywhere. Because if it happens in Seattle sports, it comes out in The Wash. All right, let's turn our attention to the big dogs in this town, the Seattle Seahawks. And welcome in our man, the guru, from Trash Talk Radio, to talk a little Seahawks guru, buddy. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Good to see you, man. Uh, you can find Guru over on Instagram at Guru's Film Room. Guru's Film Room on Instagram is just his thoughts, and you can find him every week on Trash Talk Radio with me. So, Guru, we don't actually have a lot of news this week out of the Seahawks, but we got some rumors. It is rumor season in the NFL. man. Rumorville now. This is the best time of the season, right? Right. Anything can happen. I know, right? I, you know what? I blame this on the NBA now. The most <laughs> interesting time of the season now is the off season. Right. So we get to see all these projections and, and, and rumors that's going on, man. Well, two of the big rumors that are circling around Seattle right now. The first one uh, involves Frank Clark, uh, mm-hmm. who is, is a big name. Got to resign. Got to get him in mm-hmm. there. But there's talk of his name coming up with Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. who is making his way out of Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. hopefully out of his feelings, too, if he wants to come into this town. But, Guru, what do you think of this? Is this the kind of move that Seattle should be looking for? Would you be looking to give up a guy like Frank Clark to bring in a guy like A.B.? Absolutely, AB? absolutely, absolutely not. Not even in a million, 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 million years. Because there's a sense of um, hierarchy as far as value as position in football. You know, obviously, it's the quarterback. QB. It's the highest tier. We're going to get to that in the a minute. The highest tier. So, and then the second tier behind that now, since the number one is the quarterback, number two is the left tackle. It's to protect the highest um, the highest guard. That's just what it is. You know, when you have the president, the next one is the first lady. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just what it is, right? And then, and number three now is the guy who go gets the quarterback. The other quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. So those are in hierarchy wise are the number, you know, uh, uh, the three most important position in football. So once you make a trade now, you have a guy that's one of the best at what he does at that position of importance, of importance, then yes, that is not a good deal. So the Seahawks won't make that because sensibility-wise, football sense-wise, it don't make sense. Now let me play a little bit of devil's advocate here, Guru, because A.B. is one of the top uh, uh, receivers in the game. Absolutely. He's, he's going to go somewhere for big money. He's going he's gonna to score lots of points for Absolutely. them. Absolutely. And the receiving core has always been a little bit of a problem for Russell Wilson. Absolutely. Not having a, a, a real sort of Absolutely. number one receiver to mm. throw to. You still wouldn't make the deal. The, the matter of the fact is, and I'm just throwing this out there, when was the last time you had the best receiver in football win a Super Bowl? Like, 
That is the whole all everything was just based on that guy. That's a, and the team a great won a question. super Super Bowl. Yeah. Don't get it wrong. I love cake. You know, I love icing. But if icing is not on the cake, I'm cool too. I'll still eat the cake. Eat the cake. I'll still eat the cake. That won't determine on me if I'm gonna eat the cake or not the icing. Now if the icing is there, oh I'm like, oh shoot. All right, this is all right, this is another level. A B and receivers are the icings. You know, I'm a cake guy. Whoever, who do you hear say, hey, man, I love ice. I'm an icing guy. <laughs> You're like, who just goes around, just, just give me an icing, and that's cool. Kids, children, <laughs> children love icing. Exactly. That's and children don't win Super Bowl. No, you make a good point, Guru, because if you look at the, the Patriots, the only year they had, like, a true number one receiver was a year they didn't win when they had Randy Moss. And look at this team. I, when the last time the Seahawks, when they win, you know, you need a gang. Just like the Patriots, you just need a gang of guys. I always say that. You just need some guys, you know, some guys. That can and play. Some, that's, that can play and have that synergy, man. And Frank Clark can play. Wow, boy, oh boy, could he play. Yeah, that's a guy you could hang on play. to. You know, because like I said, there's Jimmy G's out there, man. You know, there's um, Jared Goff's out there, man, in, in this division. There's a Josh Rosen and whoever the new quarterback, try to, whoever they were doing in Arizona. Right? So you need a guy. Tyler Murray, you think he's going to end up? Ball. I'll tell you what, they are in one of the toughest, if not the toughest divisions in football right now, the uh, the NFC West. Uh, you got to have a guy that's going to go after those quarterbacks. I'm with you. Uh, don't get rid of Frank Clark. Uh, it, it, I, I wouldn't expect Pete to do it anyway. Pete's a defensive coach, and uh, I expect him to hang on. Hang on to a guy sense. like Clark. It don't yeah. make sense. So anyway, let's let's switch gears in and talk some of the other rumors we've heard. I want to talk about two other things here. I want to talk about the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I want to ask you uh, about the quarterback position before we get into the crazy is that uh, is that Colin Kaepernick settled his suit with the NFL. Looks mm-hmm. like he's going to get ready to try and get back into the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're talking about teams where he can come in and play. They're talking Panthers. They're talking Patriots. So obviously Kaepernick is looking to be a backup somewhere. <laughs> Which is good because while he is an NFL caliber quarterback, he's probably not one of the top guys that's going to lead a team. Mm-hmm. But he'd be a great backup. I've always thought that he would be a great backup for Russell Wilson on this team. Is there a chance that Seattle looks towards Colin Kaepernick, or uh, or do you think that they, they they leave him alone and let him go off somewhere else? I mean, considering you know what you know what's been going on with other Rumorville. Now, Colin Kaepernick might really want to, you know, look at Seattle. He might want to look but at Seattle. It, like we said, they already did this before because through the midst of it, Seattle is one of the teams of interest amongst for Collins. In, in, uh, yeah, they interviewed him last yes, year. Yes, exactly. So, and it didn't go hand in hand. You know, the team, what they were looking for, what Collins looking for, I guess, as far as gender-wise. And I'm not talking about um, – uh, you know what the 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 kneeling situation. Right. No, it was about it, it was about fit. money and yeah. uh, and and it's fitting not, on the team. Exactly. Yeah, so the role. It didn't fit. Um, and it's like I tell you, as as far as Kaepernick's protests go, this is a town that I would think would almost embrace it. If you're going to pick a, a town anywhere in the country that's going to get behind that, Seattle is one of those towns. You know, so mm-hmm. could happen. But you don't see him coming here. No, I don't see him coming here at all. Absolutely not. I all right. That, that train. That, that train already sailed. So. That leads to the other quarterback question, which is the big rumor circling, obviously. And this has, it's absolutely unfounded as near as anybody can tell. 
But Colin Coward is out there running his mouth uh, mm-hmm. this week, talking about how Russell Wilson is stashed up here in the Pacific Northwest, out of the way, and his wife, you know, pop star uh, Ciara, probably wants to be where things are hotter, you know, like mm-hmm. New York, mm-hmm. where they're going to need a quarterback, mm-hmm. and could try and lead Russell to the Giants. Mm-hmm. How likely do you see this, Guru? Let's show, put it like this. I like the angle. I really <laughs> It's a really, good take. I love it. I love it, Colin. I know C Square. You my man, Colin the high, the herd. You know the H E R D speaking with the G U R U. I get you. I get you. But the one thing I can say about this is when the wife speak, you know, oh, you yeah. know, you listen. Oh yeah. So that's the thing about this take that I'm like, that might be smoke. Something, something. There, there might be smoke because yes, Sierra obviously Russell's wife is a is a star, pop star. She grew up in a different landmark, a different star, stardom in a young age. Mm-hmm. So that is basically majority of her life. She grew, did something different. Russell now earned his way into stardomship in a sense, and but he was not as global as his wife, you know. So I could see in a sense where. That could happen, you mm-hmm. know. Brady, Giselle, I could see that sim- that similarities, and at the end of the day, it, it could see some traction because Russell's already did his obligation to the city. He gave us what we wanted. He got a championship. He for this got town. a championship. Went back there, yeah. you know. He'll never have to buy a drink in this town again. Exactly, and especially. But at the end of the day, the one key thing I'm worried about is, you know, his biggest endorsement deal I see is Alaskan Airlines. <laughs> it's true. You know? And that's a local. And that's Alaskan Airlines. Yeah. So I don't even see Boeing. I don't even see, you know, Google, you know? Yeah, yeah. But uh, Starbucks. <laughs> but at the end of the day, he's looking for, if that's the case with the wife, if that's what they're saying, New York obviously makes great, great sense. Um, that's why I said this story sounds good, but it won't happen anytime soon. Yeah, I agree with you. This story sounds good, but when you start to look at it a little bit deeper, it kind of falls apart. I think that uh, as far as pop stars go, New York's not where you want to be. L.A. is probably where you want to be if you're going to be a pop star. And mm. I'll tell you, the flight from Seattle to L.A. is a lot easier yep. than the flight from New York exactly. to L.A. On top of that, you can bet the Seahawks are going to back a truck up to Russell Wilson and just say, sign the check, fill in whatever number you want. Uh, they're going to make him one of, if not the highest paid players. And if he even thinks about it, you know they're going to franchise him, right? And, and you know, you know, the, I like to give indicators. So this is a rumorville, but what we see, the draft and decision makings is true indicators. If they- so we're going to see if this is any substance to this by what they do in the draft. Draft coming up. We're going to have Guru back to talk about uh, talk about those draft picks, what the Seahawks need, who they're looking for, where they're going to go uh, in the uh, in the future. We're going to have him back to talk about, uh, about the, the UW draft class heading out there too. Talk everything football. Guru, thanks for joining us here on The Wash. You can catch Guru, like I said, on Instagram, at Guru's Film Room, at Guru's Film Room. Just his thoughts. And every week with me on Trash Talk Radio, everywhere there's podcasts, and back there on the uh, on the World of Sports Network YouTube page. Guru, thank you, sir. 
Hey man, I just want to say that guy, that Mark Kuka, he's like Waldo, right? Where's Mark everything? Kuka? He's everywhere, right? Everywhere. Everywhere in Seattle, I hear about that Mark Kuka, Mark Kuka, jeez. I'll tell you what, Seattle S Sports, you can find him there. <laughs> All right, we are just about out of time uh, on the show this week. I want to mention one thing here, though. We have a, a little bit of cool news that I just want to I want to talk about. The NBA All Star Game was this past weekend down in Charlotte, and uh, the coaches for the uh, for the All Star Game this year were uh, Don Staley for the celebrity game at the All Star Game. Were Don Staley's uh, Gamecocks head coach, uh, South Carolina Gamecocks women's coach, and U.S. women's national team head coach. And Seattle's very own Sue Bird, storm legend and the GOAT, Sue Bird, uh, was down there coaching the away celebrity team at, at the NBA. Now, Sue's team lost uh, 82-80, but I guess that's to be expected when you consider that Sue is actually probably going to play for Don Staley as the national team. So uh, maybe after she retires and gets out there, we'll have a better shot at this. But, uh, but congrats to Sue Bird and great job down there uh, on this celebrity team. We look forward to seeing you uh, again with the Storm going after another title. And that's it. That's our time on The Wash this week. We want to thank you all for joining us. Once again, look for us everywhere you can find podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, and head over to the World of Sports Network page. Make sure you subscribe uh, to all the great content there from TTR to The Wash to Bets with Ben. Check it out. Until next time, if it happens at Seattle Sports, it comes out in The Wash. I'm Lestro from Marku for Guru. Thanks a lot. Go Seattle.